Welcome to AgriMinds, the podcast where we explore the intersections of personal growth and professional success in the ag industry. I'm Casey Bull, your host. Thank you for joining me as we dive in to the different strategies and insights that will help you level up your life and career. From mental health to leadership development, we're going to cover it all. So sit back and get ready to grow with AgriMinds. Welcome to another episode on the Ackerminds podcast. Today, I have Ashley Runholt with me, also known as the female agronomist. And today, we're going to dive into all things working ag retail, being a female in the agriculture industry, personal, professional development, uh, balancing work life. This is probably going to be a really great episode. I hope we stay on task. Not too many rabbit holes, but Ashley, welcome to the Ackerminds podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'll give a little bit of a, a background of, of who I am and how I came out to Southwest Minnesota. So I um, grew up as what I call a retail brat. So my dad is a retail manager in Northwest Ohio. And so I'm the youngest of three girls. <laughs> my boss is being a creep and, and looking in the window. <laughs> Welcome to Ag Retail. <laughs> so, so I'm the youngest of three girls and my dad kind of adopted me as his son. And so I've just have done all of the things since I was um, just a wee little girl and I'd go to work with him um, as much as he would let me and tolerate me. So I kind of grew up in Ag Retail and then I started working for him when I was 16 in Northwest Ohio. Um, and then from there, I kind of went to college for culinary school, decided I did not want to be in a kitchen all day. Um, and then dad called me one day, I was like $40 short of my car payment, like a month before. And I called dad and I was like, hey, can you send me $40? Like, can you deposit $40 in my checking account? Um, so that way I can make my car payment in a month. And he was like, no, but I need... I need your help uh, this weekend spreading lime. So I'll pay for your gas to get up here. And then I'll pay you $10 an hour, which was a lot of money then. And then I'll pay for your gas to get back. And so I went up there that week and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is what, I guess this is what we're going to do. So I drove up there. And then I was, after that, I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to, I want to do what I just got done doing again. So I moved back home um, and then went to school for ag business. Um, and then that was summer, I got an internship with Helena and I worked up in fruits and vegetables um, in kind of Conklin, Spartan area. So like, if you hold your hand out, <laughs> it's the upper left side of your hand is their fruits and vegetables country. And that was really super cool. and. Um, got a lot of experience in insect ID and disease ID management. Um, so I worked up there for that summer. And then the next year I called the recruiter for Helena and I was like, hey, I would love to do another one. Um, and he's like, I've got the perfect place for you. You're going to be on the just outside of cowboy country. You're fit and great there. And we're going to send you to Minnesota. And I thought it was Wisconsin. So I was like, oh, that's not that far. And, and I looked on the map and I was like, oh my God, that's like 14 hours away from my family. So, so I drove all the way out there and my mom on the map, because uh, like we had to use um, Google Maps, or not Google Maps, it was uh, MapQuest at that time. So like, I didn't even MapQuest anything. I just grabbed an atlas and my mom was like, do you have directions on where you're going? And I was like, no, I'm just going to like head west on the interstate because I think it's only like two turns. So I literally hopped on 90, like 80, 90 split Northwest Ohio and drove all the way out on 80, 90 for like 14 hours. And it's literally three, three turns once you're like out of Chicago. So Anyway, I'm kind of a fly by your seat person and I loved it when I came out here and I went home that um, that 4th of July weekend and I told dad, I was like, I think I think I want to move out there. Like, I think my college credits will transfer. Um, I think I can get my internship extended 
And if, if all else fails, I know I can get a job bartending again. So like, I, but I really love it out there. It's like the heart of ag. So it was like, line up all of that stuff and we'll tell your mom later. Um, so I did. And that's, that's kind of how I ended up out here. Um, and then since I've been here, I worked for John Deere for about two years because I hadn't done anything outside of ag retail. And I thought I was in my mid twenties. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do something different, I might as well try it now. And I did really like it. I did, um, GPS and like at that time they called on AMS consultants. So I worked on that and I did install uh, troubleshooting and then training for farmers with that. And we did, it was a pretty big implement dealer. So we did like a traveling tech day type of thing. So we'd go to different states and put on these huge um, educational programs for farmers to know how the displays work. And like, just basically like, here's a recap of settings and how, where the buttons are and all of that stuff. So we did that for about a month and a half. And then they wanted me to relocate and I, I can't relocate because my husband farms um, and we had been married by that time. So I said, I can't relocate. So I got another job at, um, kind of a wholesale retail location and that wasn't a gig for me so I left there and then um, I've been at my current job for about eight years now and we're just a little small ag retail location and and it's super awesome and, and a lot of fun here so and it's like a two mile drive for commute so I can't beat it. Oh uh, okay I'm really excited because I think I think we've only had two or three other actual employees. Everybody else on the podcast has been an entrepreneur. And I've said this in several episodes, like I've got to get more people who are employees or employed by somebody that's not family or like on the family farm. And so I'm so excited to hear this. You know, what I really want to just dive into, to be honest with you, like, let's just cut to the chase. Like, so I really want to just dive into like, what has your journey looked like? What kind of personal professional development have you experienced both um, at the place that you're at now and any insights or aha pivotal moments that you've had? So I'm going to, I'm going to have a unpopular opinion. I have not graduated college and I will never graduate from college. So I've transferred a handful of times and the if I did graduate, I would have in total, um, it'd be two bachelor's degrees. But the reason why I haven't finished is because I've got like non-core credits that won't transfer from in between the schools. And I'm like, I'm not taking English 101 for the fourth time. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, so, kind of the unpopular opinion is I personally don't think that um, that it's appropriate to necessarily say we have to have um, an associate's degree or we have to have a bachelor's degree to be a good agronomist or a good employee. Um, and I think that the industry itself is going to kind of shift um, because there's so much pushback right now with college. And I don't want I don't want somebody to have to be $40,000 in debt just to say, here's this piece of paper. I graduated from college and I still realistically know about the same as somebody that's worked two years or four years at an ag retail location or anywhere else as an agronomist. So my unpopular opinion is I don't think that I think that we should start taking away the college education requirement and work requirement in my mind is more substantial than college education. But as far as like personal development for me, there's my work here is super supportive of, um, and I'll give them a shout out, my boss, my GM would be really proud. So where I work is Cottonwood Co-op Oil Company and we're the world's first oil company, like our oil co-op. So it's kind of like a cool tagline that he always says at meetings, <laughs> but there's a lot of really cool heritage there, I think. And they're a super supportive company with any classes, any education that you want to take, they're 100% on board. 
And it's so nice to have a company that is that supportive and willing to kind of say, yeah, you want to go to a, a class, how much does it cost? And we'll cover it. You know, that's really crucial and really important. So to me, if I was looking for a job, especially in ag retail, because we're so short staffed in ag retail, I would be very nitpicky. And I would say, okay, what's, how do you guys feel about personal development um, or professional personal development to make sure that my mental health is okay here and to make sure that I can handle the kind of mental workload because it's long hours that we put in. Um, it's, it's not, it's not an easy job. Like I love my job here and I love ag retail. It's, it's such a cool passion of mine. Um, and there's so much variety in, in what we get to do that it kind of keeps everybody on their toes, so to speak. Um, so I really love the industry and, and kind of all of the pieces that put the puzzles together. Um, one of my favorite personal development classes that I've been to is I got to go to uh, the Women's in Ag Business Conference. Um, to would have been three or four years ago, because it was pre-COVID. So it was probably 2019, 2020 that we went. Um, and that was really cool. And then my actual first favorite, now that I've thought about it, is without a doubt, 100% um, Mosaic puts on this class called Ag College. And if anybody out there gets a chance to go to that seminar, it is 100% the best seminar I have ever, ever, ever been to. It was such a cool seminar and it was just personal professional development. I mean, it was just so neat and it's awesome. I am kind of a social busybody. So like I am 100% for meeting new people. Like I, I love hearing other people's stories um, and how they got to where they got to. And, and I just really like the networking part of business meetings. Then um, there's so many people that I've met in those meetings that either one remember me as a little girl because dad used to take me to meetings or they know dad personally and they don't know my married name or they don't know me because of my married name. But I'm like, so I'll do like one-liners and be like, do you know Wayne Nofsinger? <laughs> and then they'll be like, you're kidding. And I'm like, I'm, his, I'm the youngest daughter. And they're like, oh, you're that little one. And I was like, yeah. So oh I don't know the biggest <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> it's so cool though. Like it's such a cool, I mean, it's, I'm 14 hours away from anybody that should know me or know my background. And I'll bet you I've met 25 people that know personally know my dad in ag. It's just such a small tight knit community. Uh, like no matter where you're at in the, in the country, it's just so small um, such a small base community. Okay. So those are kind of like the <laughs> professional development classes that I've got. I have so many questions. <laughs> you threw me for a loop there when you said that you didn't graduate college. I want to go back to this and touch on a couple things. So, and I think you're right in my mind. And I think a lot of other people in order to be quote unquote successful or to even have certain types of jobs, you have to have an education, you have to have a license, you have to, you know, be certified in certain things. And I love when people challenge that because for me, for example, college helped me decide what I liked and what I didn't like. But I think the reason why I got there was because like I mentioned earlier, I've done some internships. I went to Lakeland College in Mattoon, Illinois for two years, which was a community college. Um, you can get your associate's degree there. And so I went because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to do ag, but I didn't really know what or how or anything. And so my dad's like, if you're going to go, at least you're an hour or so from home, um, get a degree, something that we can write off and you can utilize back here on the farm and you can take some knowledge and bring it back to us. So I did that. And then all of my friends ended up either going to Carbondale, Southern Illinois, or to U of I in Champaign. And I couldn't afford champagne. So I went down to Carbondale. And so I followed all my friends down there. I got a degree in agriculture, business economics, but every single year 
both at Lakeland and at SIU, I did an internship. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done because it helped me realize what I wanted to do and what I didn't. Like I thought that I wanted to operate a grain elevator. Um, I had seen it done. I had a family member that did it and I thought it was so cool. And on the episode right before this with Matt Bennett, um, we talked about like owning and operating grain elevator. He was my first boss. And so I went and, and did an internship with him and I realized I don't want anything to do with a grain elevator. I markets make my eyes roll to the back of my head. I don't want to talk puts and calls. I like can't breathe. Like I don't want anything to do with a grain elevator, but I learned so much and I'm glad that I got my foot in the door. So then I took it one step further and thought, okay, well maybe I do want to be in ag retail or some kind of co-op. I don't know. So I went up to Minnesota, worked for Cargill for the summer. And I realized I hate walking fields. I don't want Jack to do with crop scouting. I thought I did. Listen, I, (laughs) and I, I, listen, I felt a lot of guilt and shame around that because I was a farmer's daughter and I thought I had to be passionate about everything related to farming. And listen, I don't have passion for scouting for insects. I just don't. It's not my thing. And I'm fine with it. I own it. Some people live it up. You probably love it. It's not me. It's not my thing. I'll drive the four-wheeler up and down the field, but (laughs) I hate seed. Absolutely hate it. Like I, it, I despise seed. If I could never sell, (laughs) I just hate seed. It's just not a thing of mine. But, you know, I went through all these different internships. It helped me understand what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And I think that gave me the leg up compared to someone like my husband who went straight to a four-year university, did all the things, got a crap ton of student loan debt. He did nothing but have a a really expensive party, basically. And he said he he hated going to school. He didn't enjoy it. He didn't get out of it what he wanted to. And even now today, I mean, he's finally starting to utilize his degree. He's like, I wish I wouldn't have gone to school. And so you like, look at the two of us who, you know, both had two very different experiences and the outcome of it. And I just, I, I absolutely advocate for people to do the work prior to going off to college or to a university or, you know, like do an internship right out of high school, take some time to work in the real world, job shadow, um, at least have conversations with people that you think you might want to do that job with and, you know, get a feel for those things prior to going and spending four years of your life doing something you turn out you don't want to do and have a crap ton of debt to go along with it. But like I said, in my mind, like, had I not done those internships, I would have gone through to a career. I would have gone and and gotten certified to do something that I didn't want to do. And, you know, as in a, you know, coming from like an agronomist perspective, like, did you have to go through like to get a CCA or anything like that? Like is yes. a college education required for that? No. So for a CCA, you need um, equivalent work experience, have at least two years of experience with a bachelor's degree of science or ag and, or have at least three years of experience with an associate's degree or have at least four years of experience with no degree is the CCA requirements. And I actually do have my bachelor, or I've got an associate's degree. I just don't have a bachelor's degree. Um, that's like official, official, but I do have an associate's. And my biggest thing is, is I think, you know, I'm 36. So like the, when I graduated college was, or high school was 2005. So in 2005, that's right before all of the big millennial crashes that we always complain about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going, I'm trying to figure out like super excited about not being in, in high school, right. And going to college and I don't know what I want to do or what I want to be. So, um, I was like, I like cooking and that seems like something that's relatively economically stable because people don't like to cook and right. People <laughs> always are going to eat. So I decided to go, I actually went to school four hours away. Um, and I went down there for about a year and a half. And that's one of my associate's degrees. I actually have two associate's degrees. Um, so that's in, I think it's in science, associates in science with a culinary arts minor or whatever. Um, 
And then the other one's ag business that I transferred to um, after I worked with dad. So I didn't finish my bachelor's degrees. I should have been more specific on that. But entirely to me, both of the degrees were a complete waste of time and money. Um, and I agree full heartedly with what you're saying. Go get an internship, figure out what part, like if you know that you're passionate in ag, but need to figure out what sector in ag, do an internship. We're everybody's always looking for interns. Do an internship 100%. And then you can kind of one, it builds your resume. Two, it gives you valid work experience. Three, it helps with networking. Four is a great opportunity to expand your knowledge and kind of overall understanding of the industry. I mean, it's, I can't speak enough about um, about internships. Like, if if you're questioning anything, go be an intern. <laughs> like, yeah. it is one hundred percent the easiest, best, and most affordable way to figure out where where your niche is at in ag. And I've I've argued for a really long time that STEM, because there's tons of government programming for STEM, especially women in STEM. I think that we should change that acronym to STEAM and throw ag in there because it's it, STEM is ag. Like you want to be a, an engineer, ag engineering. There's a ton of places that engineers can go in. Science, technology, mathematics, like that's all ag. So I, I think that we should advocate for STEAM, STEM to be STEAM. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. And there's this, um, this friend that I have, his name's Blake Nolan. He's in central Illinois and he has this company called Bird Dog Workforce, which I don't have any sponsorship, but maybe I should start getting paid sponsorship for this. But <laughs> the thing that he has is called the job hopper. And it's for people in like agriculture jobs, like, like you said, lime spreaders, uh, chemical applicators, um, anything that's like not just trucking, welders, uh, you know, stuff right. like that. That's like the trades. And what I think he does is really cool is he works with people to do a job hopper. So you have like, an, I don't remember how long of the program it is, but you get like, you pick a handful of jobs, like, and you taste test them. Oh, I'm going to go do application right. for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go do this for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go, you know, be a mechanic on large equipment for a couple of weeks. Like you get to taste test it. And I wish that more people knew about that kind of thing because right. I wish that I had done even more of it. You know, like I wish that people did more of that because like you said, we kind of like spin our wheels doing stuff that we think we should be doing because on paper, this is right. what looks right. This is right. what looks successful. Right. This is what the industry or culture says that we should be doing. And that's why I, I like, I'm such a big advocate on like the working genius of like, you're doing things because you're supposed to, not because you want to. Want so let's to. dig, dig, dig into this and figure out like, what is fueling your fire? And now let's find you a job specifically within the ag industry. Cause that's where I specialize and align it with that. Like, our, oh my gosh, it would be, it'd be so good. We went on a million different rabbit holes there. I'm so sorry about that. Well, it, no, I'm I'm a, like a squirrel individual. So like, <laughs> this is perfect for me. Like, you, I am listeners like a, may oh. need to like take this down to like half speed to keep up with <laughs> what we got going on. Yeah, this is good stuff. Okay, you guys so... are gonna need a notepad and bullet points. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so you you've gone through a couple of programs. You've um, you know, you're still kind of learning more about like what you want to do, but tell me a little bit more, like expand on that. Like, what are you doing today? Like what kinds so, of uh, development do you experience today, either personally or professionally? So personally, to be really brutally honest, personally, I don't have time to do personal development. <laughs> so I have, I'm a mom and um, I've got a husband that is super supportive, but he farms. Um, and then our two kids are six and nine. Um, and, and we actually, when we, when we were, we were really fortunate, um, to not have to try hard to have either of our kids. So my, my husband, I told him, I was like, listen, if, if we don't get pregnant by March, we're going to have to stop and then we'll start again 
like trying again in like November because it's just not going to work for our schedules for Is either that so of us ridiculous to have that we have to do that. <laughs> so both of my kids, I have joked frequently that um, we go to <laughs> we go to the Wisconsin Dells every year uh, for vacation, and both of my kids' birthdays are uh six months after that vacation or nine months after that vacation and they're two days apart so november 25th and november 27th are my kids birthdays this is the reality <laughs> of being a, a, a mom slash wife in the ag industry like we had to do the same thing we had to be really strategic about when we got married so we got married right. in january and everyone's complaining everyone that wasn't like farmers like my aunts and uncles and cousins were all complaining i'm like listen right. if i wanted my dad to walk me down the aisle i had to do it when it snowed like or let's hope to god the markets aren't great right now so that way he wasn't right. trucking into the elevator but right. yeah those are real those are real things we got married right during like the 4th of July weekend because my family's from Ohio. So they've got to come out 14 hours. Um, we were actually going to have it in the Dells. And then that we had a little bit too much fun planning our wedding venue. And then I found out a month later that I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, so we were going to do it in August. And then we're like, I told Cody, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be like seven, eight months pregnant when we get married. <laughs> So we changed the date and moved it out here. Um, but yeah, I, my father-in-law, so we get pretty wrapped up with spring, like right around now, um, up here we do in Ohio, you know, it's kind of a hit and a miss between like wheat harvest and stuff like that. But, um, that year it worked out okay for everybody to come out, but it, it's definitely like one of those things of where my father-in-law was like, well, I've got to spray this week. And I'm like, well, I sorry <laughs> like you should be done this isn't this isn't my fault and realistically don't come at me and pretend that you're mad that you don't have to help with stuff a week before the wedding don't lie to me <laughs> you're welcome for me giving you an excuse to not be here kim <laughs> <laughs> that's good i think you're so right though i mean i think a lot of people don't have time or or maybe don't make time for personal development because of life and Part of me understands, but then part of me also has a little bit of a broken heart about it because it's one of those things like, I don't remember when it was, I posted something a while back. That's like, it's, it's not a matter of, we don't have time. It's just that that was something that we didn't make a priority and yeah, you're not wrong. Oh yeah. I totally agree. I don't make the gym a priority, you know? And I, I know <laughs> like I got I the consequences of it. <laughs> I hope that uh, Amanda Nick doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> she, uh, so she's a farm fit mama. She was on, uh, oh, probably three, ep I don't know, a couple of it's go. Anyway, yeah, uh, her and I talked about that. And I'm just like, it's just not been a priority. I would rather work on my mind than on my yes. mama belly. But listen, like, that's just, I'm okay with it. Because in this season of my life, like, I, listen, I'm seven months postpartum. I'm not in a big hurry. Like, I don't care. Oh, yeah, take your My husband clearly doesn't have, he clearly doesn't have a problem with the way I look. Like, you know, right. so- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like, but I love self-development and it's one of those things that my husband just like rolls his eyes at because he's like, I, listen, I don't have time. I don't, I'm not a goal setter. I don't care if I develop, it's not something that I'm into, but the more I talk about it, the more he's like, oh, I can see like, you know, this is important. This is something I should pay attention to. But the point of me saying all this is that it's not right or wrong. It's just being okay with the season of life that you're in and accepting right. it and owning it and being fine with it. And so like, I always make sure I stress that like personal and professional development is important to me. It's literally what I do for a living, but it's not something that I press on people or make them, I don't want them to feel full of shame or guilt or embarrassment or anything because they're not doing it and so I just want to like make sure that there's an asterisk on that like there's nothing wrong with right. it at all so, so I'm asking the, but that doesn't no, mean I'm expecting you to do it and I think no. that that's what's so real about this that's why I, I love hearing your perspective because it's like listen like I don't have time for it and it's okay like right it's not it's not the thing that I chose to put on the top of my priority list today I will say that um 
I often think of this because my husband, every now and again, he'll be like, Ashley, you don't have a hobby. Like, what are you going to do one day when you're not working? Because you don't have a hobby. And I'm like, you know, I, and he said that for years. Right. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but my work's my hobby. Like I genuinely love what I do. And, and like, when I talk to people that don't know anything about ag, I'm like, it's like a, I'm like a doctor, but for crops, like people come to me to see what their crops need. And then I tell them what they need, kind of like a prescription. Right. And I genuinely love it. And, and that's like kind of my hobby. And my husband's like, you're going to annoy me for the rest of my life because you don't have a hobby. And he, he's really big into guns and um, like shooting and stuff like that. And so that's kind of like his hobby in tinkering with stuff. And he's not wrong. Like I don't have a hobby, but I get worried about like people that are close to retirement because that's such a frequent thing. Like we don't, we can't really, there's so many things in ag that, that overlap with like historically fun things to do. (laughs) Like, like summertime is a super fun time. Well, we can't go to the lake because we are in ag retail and somebody needs to spray the fields. So we're the ones that are doing that. Um, I like fishing, but when am I going to fish? Like I, and yes, in Minnesota, we ice fish and it's, it's a real hoot, but, um, it's just, it's so hard to kind of find the time to like find that hobby. But I worry about people that are close to retirement because I'm like, they, they have lived, breathed and worked ag retail. Like they, I look at my dad and I'm like, I'm glad you like fishing because like, I don't know what you're going to do in a year and a half from now or two years when you retire, like you're just going to be doing your thing. And like, I think that there's like a real depression thing that happens. Like, you know, everything that you've done your entire life is gone. You know, so I like, I wish that we talked about this more, like we need to make time to, to find what we like, like maybe like I've thought a lot about how cool it would be here to have like a deep winter greenhouse, like to be able to do like nitpicky stuff like that in the winter or in early spring or late fall, you know, to do different gardening type of things. Um, so, I mean, there's different, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling, but I just no, think, I that think you're important. good. You're, you're spot on because listen, a couple of years ago, I never would have thought that I would say the words personal and professional development as many times as I did. Like there could be a game of like, okay, every time Casey says it's take a shot, like we'd have nothing but drunk listeners. But I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be saying those words because I didn't understand what they were. But I think another word that you could say in my mind for personal development could be hobby. Like you're doing something, it's something that you're not paid to do and you're perfecting or you're learning more about it. Like I would say like wine used to be a hobby of mine, not just drinking wine, but like viticulture, like I was fascinated with it. So obviously, and I think this stemmed from, you know, visiting all the wineries in Southern Illinois, but like, I was so (laughs) fascinated about it. I'm like, how do you get the same grape to taste so many different ways? Uh, you know, like, you know, like I was fascinated about like how the vines grew, what, you know, how many years after they start growing, can you actually harvest a crop from them? Like that I got really into. And I would say that was a hobby of mine, but that's also a personal and professional development in a way, because you're learning something, you're sharpening a skill, you're learning more knowledge about it. And that can help you, you know, like, first of all, it could help you professionally because, you know, you could make money and make a market out of selling wine, selling the grapes, there's farming involved in that. But then also personally, like I'm using that as a tool or a resource to unwind and relax and connect with family and bond around that thing. Like it was something my husband and I would go on dates and that helped me personally in my marriage. And like, so I use that example very loosely, clearly, but, uh, you know, just like I'm saying, like there's, there are hobbies and that could be your personal development because 
when I think about growing myself personally, it's getting in tune with what makes Casey feel fulfilled and full of purpose and able to add value to other people. And, you know, like, what am I doing to live a life more uh, centered around the things that are important to me? So like personal development could be like, I am choosing to be intentional with my time. So that way I could spend more time with my kids. I can focus on my mental and my physical health. I can do projects, you know, that I have said I wanted to do. Like those are things in my mind, personal development. Um, I also talk a lot about like mindset shifts. Like I am working on myself and like how I view certain things, how I go about certain things, how I choose to feel about certain things. Like that's all personal development. And you could call that hobbies. You could call that self-awareness. You could call it so many other right. things. But again, like I think people are detoured or put off by the word personal development because it sounds like a lot of work and it sounds kind of woo-woo and it sounds almost like, wait, I've got to like learn about myself. That sounds, <laughs> sounds very, <laughs> yeah. I think that's why so many, like I'm, a, a, I don't want to put words in my husband's mouth, but I'm assuming that's what he pictures when I say personal development he's thinking everybody sit around in a circle and tell us how you feel like that's not what I mean yeah 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 he's like I got I got time to do that so you know like that I think I think you're right but like just wording it differently it's like but you do have a little bit of personal development but again that is going to fluctuate and intensify more depending on the season of life and the season of the year in agriculture. Um, And so like, I don't do personal development year round. I do it, like you said, maybe only nights and weekends, maybe only in the summer, maybe only in the winter. And that is totally fine. So I do want to touch a little bit just because I think it's super important for, for anybody in ag retail specifically, like, So it's a crazy concept to me because Cody and I have been married 10 years and there hasn't been a time in his life that he's known me that I wasn't an agronomist and or going to school for agronomy. And he's a farmer and a son of a farmer. They had pigs like he knows the business and knows the industry. And by God, every single season, spring and fall, it is nothing but a fight of like how long are you going to be at work? When are you going to get home? Like, what is the plan for X, Y, and Z thing? And so what I do and my mom or my dad does the same thing for his mom. It's such a weird, almost gender reversal type scenario. And my mother-in-law, I wouldn't be able to do my job without her. Like she picks up the kids. Um, The kids get dropped off at the bus at our house. They live like a whole eighth of a mile away from us. So she picks them up and um, their food are fed, bathed and put to bed by the time I get home. So she is amazing. But what I do is like two, three weeks before we get busy, I sit the kids down and my husband down and I'm like, remember that we're gonna get into our busy season. So here's what that looks like. And I think it's like super hard for my husband because he's like, well, we're done harvesting. Why are you still at work until 10? And it's like, I have to constantly remember him, like remind him like, okay, just because you guys are done does not mean the rest of the county is done. And he's like, well, we're done tilling or we're done disking or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. What gets put on before you disk, Cody? And he's like, well, fertilizer. And I'm like, who puts the fertilizer on? He's like, what? You guys. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> you got done yesterday. We have the whole, like, there's still people combining corn. Like, we, you know, this process. And it's like this constant reminder almost. Um, and it's, it's, it's getting better the longer we're married for than, you know, the first couple of years. It was like, what are you doing? Like, this is like 14 plus hour work days from, you know, maybe a Sunday off. Like in 2018, I think we worked 27 days straight, like just nonstop. It's ridiculous hours. Um, 
so I think like communication and being open and honest and having realistic expectations of like, this is what the season's going to look like. Um, and I have that conversation with my mother-in-law also. Um, like if I had to guess right now, we'll probably crank up for fertilizer sometime in September because we're super ahead of GDUs. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of keep that open communication and just set realistic expectations of this is what it's going to look like. And um, it's got to be ag retail. It's so demanding, but yeah, it's so rewarding at the same time. And it, you have to love it. And I I can't stress that enough to, to everybody that might be listening to this. Like, it is not for everybody. And if you don't love it, don't go into it because it, there is zero need to be in it if you don't love it. There's find, find, find what you love, find your purpose. I think that's what, that's what separates the agriculture industry from probably almost every single other industry. I mean, I've only ever worked in ag, so I can't really speak to those other industries, but I just see how personally we take everything. And, and like you mentioned earlier, like you love what you do. It doesn't feel like work. When 14 hours have gone by, yeah, you might be a little tired and exhausted, but it was still rewarding and fulfilling. And you saw the impact of that hard work. And that's the important piece about agriculture. And the fact that uh, you took the time to communicate with your husband and your kids, like just a reminder, even though it should be a, a parent, but I can't remember exactly how the quote goes, but something like the key to effective communication is to never assume that it's happened. Something like right. that. And, you know, like, I think that's so true. Like we just assume our spouses, especially, and I say farm wives, because you're, they're typically the ones home and the husbands are typically the ones out. But I know from personal experience, like I was the one in, in agriculture, working the long hours, planting plots. And my husband was the home with the kids. And, you know, I had to tell him like, I, we're not done with the plot. I just can't up and leave. Like it's supposed to rain tonight. Like, right. I have to get right. this field done. And so like, just remembering like, this is a season. It will be over soon, right. but this is what I do. This is how I earn an income. This is what I'm passionate about. And I just like, we've got to continue to work together. And, uh, there, there are a lot of tools and resources out there that can help people communicate that in a way that's not defensive or, uh, you know, potentially putting someone in a resentful state. Like there, right. there are a lot of things that I, you know, if anybody ever needs help in that area, feel free to message me. Cause yeah, it's just super important, especially with an ag, because like, we may just assume that they know that this is something that we care about and it's important to us. And it's something we have to do, but, um, you know, you hear a lot about uh, different farm wives or ag retail wives that like don't understand, well, why are you still putting on gas right now? Like it's 730 at night. Like, well, the, the, the field don't keep track of what time it is. Like right. they don't know the sun right. setting, like it's got to get done. The what mother nature's not going to pause for anybody. And, no. you know, it's just being able to communicate that and, and saying like, listen, I know this is important. You're important as well. Absolutely. Like you're, my family comes first, but, uh, you know, like I have to do that. This is my job. And, you know, there are ways to prepare, set yourself up for a successful and effective communication when it comes to that. And that's something that I've had to do a lot of work on both personally and professionally and sharing that with my customers and saying like, listen, it's Saturday afternoon. Like I do have things I have to do. I cannot be on call for you. So I'm setting boundaries for my growers, but I'm also setting boundaries for my family and saying like, listen, I, I'm not going to be available to talk to you from this time to this time. Right. I've got to get this work done. So let me be where my feet are. So that way I can be where I am when I'm home. Yep. And, and I think that that's so important with, with everything that we do in ag, because it's so easy to, to get kind of caught up in it, right. And caught up in the rush. And, and it's almost, it's almost like we're all adrenaline junkies and, and we live for kind of like that, that utter chaos of spring and fall. Um, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to say, no, stop, no, 
I cannot. Like, I am at home with my children. Absolutely not. And low key, I'm not going to lie. I have most definitely on a Saturday went in and, and I will bring my kids with me. And you, you want me to come in when I'm not supposed to be here, that's fine. But my children are coming in with me and you're going to feel low key mad about it. And that's right. Cody's probably planting. And I'm like, yeah, like the hive is at home with my kids. Like I can't, I can't leave them there. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, yeah. You know, they're, they're too young. Like I've got to bring them in. So yeah, uh, most, <laughs> most companies in agriculture understand that and have empathy for it. Um, but I'm still shocked that there are some that's like, wait, you can't just drop what you're doing. No, I cannot. And I think we're getting to the point because podcasts like this Agriminds podcast and others are not afraid to talk about like, hey, like there is a balance here. There, uh, there are boundaries. And I think more and more people are becoming aware that they can say no and that it's a complete sentence and that they don't have to explain anything. And I'm not saying be a jerk and like put your, you know, people in a bind. What I am saying though, is set the tone for it. Know what's important to you and what's not important to you. And, you know, know that there may be a process of transitioning from one version to the next version. Like it's not just going to change overnight and you're not going to just expect like, oh, manager, I all of a sudden can't do this anymore. Like, you know, it it may be a process of, these are things that I'm learning about myself. I'm developing in these areas. I'm evolving in these areas and I'm becoming more aware of what matters more to me when, like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's just important to understand what works for you and do the work to know like, okay, I, I do want to make sure that those that are important to me, those people around me that I care about, see that I'm making an effort for them, but also staying true to who I am as a professional at the same time. And I think it's important to have the communication, not just with your family, but with your work and your boss also. Like um, I've been very fortunate with with the company here, um, Cottonwood has been amazing and they've treated me awesome. Like there's been times that I've been in the payloader loading the fertilizer plants and I'll get a call from daycare and one of the kids pukes and I will leave everything running and run in and be like, Hey, I gotta go. Like last year, my son broke his toe in the middle of spring. And I was like, I showed Blake a picture and he was like, what, get out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, I mean, so they've been really supportive um, and understanding about it. But I think as um, as the generational shift happens in ag, um, there's such a different mentality than my dad had in ag. So, you know, my mom was the main caretaker and that's not the case now. Like I and I talk about that a lot in the business meetings that I'm in. Um, I just have an opportunity a year ago to go down to Nashville with CHS and talk in a couple of group discussions with them. And I said, Hey guys, listen, like part of the staff shortage, let's just be honest and real is that we're not a family friendly business. 98% of the time we're not. And, um, my family is going to be a case in point of that. I'm going to give you a perspective as a female in the industry and say that if I couldn't, I couldn't do my job without my husband being one of the main caretakers Mm. of my children. And so it's not necessarily roles have reversed or anything like that, but it's more equal than, than it has been in the past. And as an industry as a whole, ag needs to recognize that Um, women are working more and men are doing more of the house stuff in caretaking and, and being more involved and less of, um, 100% primary breadwinners. And I'm not saying that that's always the case because it's not, but, um, it's happening a lot more frequently where, where the husbands are a lot more involved or in divorce situations, you know, they might have their kids 100% of the time for, for a week you know, it's, it's very different than it was even 25, 30 years ago. And, and I look at my dad's life and I'm like, you know, 
I, it makes me sad for the industry that we're not, we're not recognizing that in my mind fast enough. And I think that's where we're losing people is because they're like, well, why, why would I work here when I can get paid the same and have a nine to five job? Mm. I think, I think you're right. It's not going at a path, a pace that I think would be fast enough, but it is happening. Like I would yes. say when I worked for Bayer, like they were more than accommodating for me. Like I had been very blessed to be able to work from home, like have a home office. And then I would go out to my dealers and I would go out to my growers and, you know, it, it, like my son, it was, had an allergic reaction at school at 11 o'clock, 1130 in the morning, you know, right. As they went to lunch and, you know, I had to be home the rest of the day with him. And so like, they're very accommodating and, you know, now being a full-time entrepreneur, I don't necessarily have the, um, you know, restrictions, but there are days where I have a meeting or have a, you know, guest speaking out of town or something. And my husband is the main caretaker. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, last spring when I was still working uh, full-time and it was plot season. And my son had a doctor's appointment and my husband took him to the doctor and he came back home and he's like, I don't know why, but everyone was looking at me so strange. And I finally asked like, is there like, like what, what is going on? And they're like, we just don't see very many dads bring their kids to the doctor. And it was just super shocking. Like it, there wasn't anything wrong with the kid. He was just like having his normal checkup or whatever, but you know, like, it was just strange to them. Like all the female nurses were like, we don't see dads in here. So like, it, it was just strange. And my husband felt a little odd because, you know, he was the only female or the only male with a room full of, you know, other moms and their six kids. And, uh, but then at the same time, he's like, man, that makes me feel so good to know. Like I must, like, I'm doing something right. Like I'm a good dad. It gave right. him a sense of pride to know like, wow, I, I feel like I've stepped up in a way that most dads don't. And that makes me feel really awesome. Like he's setting an example for our son to know, like both parents are an equal player in this game. Like it's not mom's 80% and dad's 20. Like it, I feel right. like was growing up. Like my mom was right. a main caregiver as well. I would have never imagined my dad taking me to the doctor. My no, dad would have no, been dad, like, reschedule dad, that till mom's back. And like, my dad would have been like, you got this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Several times growing up, um, you know, like my mom made things happen and like would always like took care. I was one of four daughters. And so, uh, you know, she was the caregiver. But when my mom would go out of town to like visit my grandma who lived in Louisiana, she'd be gone for like, you know, four or five days, which was felt like forever especially for my dad who is now raising four kids as a solo parent for a week you know like we would have these things called mom's away steaks and he would grill steaks out on the grill and we like we always joked because there was like four times that we had mom's away steaks growing up but they were amazing and so like we always joked because mom always said like they sound really great but I will never know because you know she was clearly gone <laughs> But like, that's the only thing that my dad would cook us because he knew how to grill steaks. But, you know, it's just so funny to think about like how life looked like growing up and the generations before us and how you're absolutely right. Like things are changing the dynamic of the different genders being you know played out in ag retail and, and different typical uh, roles that you would imagine maybe a, a different person filling that. It's just so interesting to hear. And I think that is a huge portion of our professional development, having the confidence and saying, you know what, I can show up, I can do this role that's typically been done by somebody that doesn't look like me, talk like me, act like me, or is the same age as me. And, you know, that's the big piece of professional development as well as understanding that. And, uh, you know, it's just an, a mindset and it's a, um, you know, kind of being open to doing things a little bit differently. And, and my professional development has 100% stemmed around that because I thought this was the way things should have always been. And as I'm developing professionally, I'm realizing, oh, we can do things a little differently now. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just right. different. And so there are kinks to be worked out and uh, challenges that we're going to have to overcome, but it's doable. And so I just want to say thank you for taking the time to share your perspective and your journey, even though like 
it is a little non-traditional compared to what we think it should be or assume. And so again, just thank you for, for taking the time to be open and, and transparent on that. I, I appreciate it. You know, the, the other thing that I think is important, there are going to be some people that just don't like working with you. And that's inevitable. So if it's because I'm a female, I personally choose not to see that. I don't see it as it's because I'm a female. I see it as it's a personality indifference. Um, because everybody has those people that they just do not want to work with, regardless of what your sex is. That's just part of being in working with other people. Like you're going to have personality conflicts. So I think a lot of it is just a mindset and how you want to look at it. So I would challenge anybody in ag, what are things that I can control in this? And how can I make the business and industry better every chance I can? And kind of lose that stigmatism behind, oh, you know, she's just a, a young girl or whatever. You know, like to me, there's so much more than that. And I, I personally have not had a lot of issues as a female in ag. Um, I know a couple of other ones that have, but again, I think it's, it's a difference of setting up that boundary and saying, this will not be tolerated. This is my line and it will not be crossed. And, and I would challenge realistically anybody to do that. Like that's in my mind, that's not just gender-based that is just healthy boundaries mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is where my boundary is and you're not going to cross it um and I think that that's important and I think that we should talk about it because we don't talk about it typically because it's it's just not normally socially acceptable to talk about but it's there and it's it's something that that inevitably you're going to deal with um, but I would challenge everybody to kind of have the correct mindset and, and you do have control over that. You have control over your emotions and how you react to things and where that boundary is for you. And just don't let people cross it. Say, no, that will not be tolerated. In a role that I previously had, they wanted to start having a weekly meeting at 730 in the morning. And one of the other guys proposed, actually, let's do seven. So that way we can just get it out of the way and start our day. And I'm like, no, that first of all, 7 a.m. is when my kids are getting up and we're going to leave the house. 7.30 is about when I'm dropping them off or in the midst of that. First of all, like our day should start at eight. And like, I understand like in ag retail specifically, like, okay, we got to get out. Like the ground may still be hard by then. It's not super mushy if we're right. trying to apply something. Like I get it, but like I, my boundary is no. And I told you before I came to this job that work-life balance was a, a priority of mine. And so like, even not as a female, as a mom, but just as a parent, that's a big inconvenience right. that and I'm not willing to waver. And the majority of the people on that team were, you know, 50, 60 years old. So they hadn't thought about that before. And one of the men on the team also said like, yeah, I'm in charge of dropping my kids off at that time too, that that's not going to work. Like we do have to set these boundaries, but we also need to like stand our ground in a way like we can't always ask permission from HR to stand up for ourselves or say like, these are boundaries right. I'm willing to set and I've got to stick to them and make a point. And I think that's part of professional development as well of like, I need to stand my ground, but I have to do it with tact, but I have to also make my point. So I have to speak the language of the person that is uh, you know, crossing the line or whatever. But those are things that people don't want to talk about either, like that we do have to deal with in ag. Like, you know, we have to get the job done. But like, I always joke, like last year on TikTok, um, I have made a million videos on TikTok, ag coach Casey, in case you're curious and want to follow me. Um, you know, I've got a billion videos on there that most of them are personal professional development based. And I had one video on there when I was harvesting uh, a cornfield with my dad and I had to go to the bathroom. And so I like showed the video of like, well, if you're a woman driving the auger cart, you turn your tractor wheel just at the right angle, there's your spot. That thing went freaking viral. And I'm like, here I am trying to talk about 
all these really professional Eat videos outside. and I'm like and then the one video about me peeing in a cornfield goes nuts I'm like go figure so I mean those are those are real things that in the workplace which the cornfield was my workplace at the time that nobody wants to talk about and it just so happens to be that you know the female agronomist uh podcast episode is the one where we get into those types of things. I should probably put a disclaimer in the notes before anybody uh, you should. You should. I will. I will add to it to make sure that there's at least glue shop towels and/or toilet paper in a pickup yeah. before you leave. <laughs> it's a necessity. Like I think women just know. Like these are things that are expected. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh man. Well, thank you so much again for the laughs and the insights and the perspective. I mean, you've just you've done a fantastic job today, and thank you so much for being on the Agriminds podcast. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.